Have you ever have you ever been visited by an angel? I mean, you don't have to raise your hands. You can if you want to. Uh, some of you think you have. People watching at home probably. So no, Mr. Deming, I'm not talking about your wife. <laughs> or maybe I am. I don't know. No, probably not. No. Keisha's going, no. Uh-uh. Or think you might have been, may have been, maybe visited by an angel, might have been. Uh, Some people have or think they have. I know somebody who believes they were visited by an angel. They didn't think of it really right at that particular time. But uh, by the next morning they thought, yeah, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, it was. So uh, they were positive. So have you ever been visited by an angel? There is an angel who is going to uh, visit a couple of people today, and we're visiting, uh, we're seeing Zechariah. He is a Jewish priest. He is in Jerusalem. He is working in the temple. He's been chosen to do certain things in there, and he's done it before. He's done it for years. So while he's in there, Gabriel, the angel, just apparently just kind of shows up. And I don't know if Zechariah sees him. He's a priest. I don't know if Zechariah sees him immediately, but when he sees him, he's terrified because angels are typically big. So the angel came to tell Zechariah that he was going to have a child. Now, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, they were both old, past childbearing years, but Zechariah is telling, being told by the angel Gabriel that God has heard their prayers and they're going to have a son whose name is going to be John. And then Gabriel tells Zechariah ten things about John that make John special and unique. So here we have Zechariah in the temple and this angel just appears and then mentions that prayer that Zechariah and Elizabeth have been having for years. Now, how did he know that? I mean, really, they've not shared that with anybody that we know of. And yet, when all is said and done, this angel just magically appearing, him telling about a son to be born, him knowing they've been praying for years, and when all is said and done, Zechariah, doesn't believe. It's just not true. After all those things, it's not true. And so Gabriel says to Zechariah, said, well, because you have not believed what I've told you, then you're not going to be able to talk until your child is born. Now, I don't know if Zechariah attempted to say anything at that point or not. It didn't matter. Nothing was coming out until John, his son, was born. After Zechariah finished his service in the temple, six weeks later, we see his wife Elizabeth looking at the results of her home pregnancy test, and it's positive. Maybe you know a young person, and you can be a young person now, 
and still this will apply to you. And the young person you know may be a teenager, and they may be a preteen, they may be a child. And they can carry on a conversation with you. But what is significant about them is that there is this sense of awareness they have of God. And they have this desire that they want to be pleasing to God. They're sensitive to the things of God, and they want to be pleasing to God. If, if God were to tell them to do whatever, they would go ahead and do it because there's a sensitivity that they have inside of them to God. I think it's that quality in Mary that caused God to choose her. Mary may have been 14, 15, 16, 17, according to the culture of the time. That's when young girls were getting married, typically. She's visited by Gabriel. And Gabriel comes to her, and the shocking news that Gabriel delivered to Zechariah, well, to, to Mary, Gabriel's delivering even more amazing news than Zechariah had received. And the news that the angel gave to Mary, it seemed impossible to her. I think that you and I can learn much from Mary in this instance. So let's turn to Luke chapter 1, be it a paper book or be it electronic. I will share with you in a few minutes why I think there is some good value in our having the word open to where we're talking about. Even though the scriptures are going to be on the screen and you're going to be able to see those, I'll share with you in a few minutes why I think it's important that we have the Bible in front of us. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, husband being Zechariah, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Is the Lord with you today? I mean, we're in church, we're watching online. Is the Lord with you? Is God favoring you? Though we are not perfect, and though we may not be like Mary was, I can tell you that God favors us, and he wants us to know who Jesus is and he wants us to experience the forgiveness that Jesus has for us. A couple of scriptures that we've uh, maybe looked at several times, but 2 Peter 3, verse 9. And this tells us how special that we are and how God favors us. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, 
not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God takes us as we are, imperfect as we are, and he wants us to come to repentance and not stay the way we are. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The reason we have a Christmas season, the reason Jesus came, is so that he can be with us and we can experience the forgiveness that only Jesus can give us. Is he with you this morning? Is Jesus with you? A couple of questions that you can ask your friends this time of year. When we have different seasons such as Easter or Christmas, there are people that may not be Christians or they may be Christians or they're just, you kind of wonder about them, non-believers. Well, you don't know, but they're, they'll listen to a question about Jesus this time of year and you can start a conversation with them. Let me give you two questions. Number one, do you think Jesus is real? I mean, they've heard about Jesus in this country. They've heard about him. They may have gone to church when they were little. They may have made some kind of commitment, but they're not living like it now. Do you think Jesus is real? And another follow-up to that question is, if he is real, what should that mean to you and me? You can ask those questions to your friends. The point is to get a conversation going. And if they have some kind of question you don't know the answer to, then you can get in touch with me. I will be glad to share my ignorance with you and come up with an answer for you that you can go back and talk to them, okay? But the idea is there are people that are willing to talk about Jesus this time of year if we just perhaps have a question and ask them and we go from there. Okay, the reason I think it's valuable for you and I to have our Bibles open is when we go through a section of Scripture, two, three, four, five verses of Scripture, then I might refer back to the first of the five verses in the section. It's not on the screen. But you, if you have your Bible open or you have your electronic device with the Bible, you can go back and find it. Or, as we're going through this and God's Spirit speaks to your heart about something that's in the middle of this section of Scripture that God and you need to be working on right then and there. It's not on the screen, but you and God can go back to his word where it is, and you can look at what he's prompting you to think about. I think it's valuable that we have God's word open for us when we go through these things. Okay, we're going to go through a section of scripture, Luke 1, 29. Gabriel leads up to this, saying to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive 
and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Scripture says that Mary had found favor with God. Gabriel told her that. Do you like having God's favor? Whenever something good happens to you and you think God is blessing me and God giving me a benefit, with Mary being favored by God, what did that bring? Well, with Mary being favored by God, it brought her a job. God's favor often, if not always, brings responsibility. And God favoring Mary, she had the responsibility of being the mom to God's son. The same concept is what Jesus talked about 32 years later. He told a story called a parable, talking about being favored requires responsibility. He told about a man who was very wealthy. He was going to go on a trip, and he chose three of his employees to give money to different amounts because they had different skill sets and different levels of whatever. And so he gave them differing amounts of money. He wanted them to be responsible with the blessings of gold that he gave to them while he was gone. And when the landowner, the master, came back, he had an accounting of each of those three men. The first two had done well with the favor that he had given them. They had doubled the money, but the last guy? And the master was displeased with this third guy who had been favored, but had not been responsible. God's favor for Mary brought her the job of raising God's son. Favor brings responsibility. What do you do when God favors you? Luke 1, 34. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? Now, maybe to this point, the words that the angel had said to her didn't really soak in. Or maybe she couldn't understand it. And maybe she was thinking that Joseph was going to be the dad to this child she was going to have. That's not what she's talking about. That's not what Gabriel is talking about. Whenever we have an impossible situation and there are things that come into our lives, and they may not be as impossible as the thing that happened with Mary, but there are things that come our way that we would never choose for them to come our way. And at the time, it seems like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with this. And it might be a death in the family. It might be a financial situation. It might be illness. It might be an accident. It might be any number of different things. It might be something with their family. It might be something with their parents. It might be something with their kids. And we think, I don't know how I can handle it at this time. And Mary had an impossible situation. So she asked God's representative, Gabriel. I would suggest 
for you and I that when we come up with an impossible situation that we first of all ask God to help us out. From the get-go, go ahead and ask him. And so when Mary asked Gabriel, he responded, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I know God's word will never fail. You know God's word will never fail. And since I know God's word will never fail, why is it that I do stuff I shouldn't and don't do stuff that I should? When I know his word will fail, when I know what he says is right, when I know that he says for me to do or to not do, and I know I should, why, when I know his word will never fail, do I wind up being stupid and not doing what I should do? I'm glad God is gracious and forgiving. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. How would it be for you and me if in the impossible situations that come our way, we simply ask God? We don't make excuses. We don't bargain. There's no fear. There no, but, but what about... But we go ahead and ask God and we simply accept the plans that come our way. How would your life change if God said something to you or you knew it was from God even though you didn't like it but you said, okay, whatever you want, I'll do it. Which is what Mary did. That's exactly what Mary does. Verse 39, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, these two verses, verse 42 and 43, and Elizabeth speaking them to Mary, I think are indicative of some things that happen to you and me when we obey God and follow him step by step. We don't know all that's going to happen, but we know that God wants us to do this, and he's going... God is going to bring, bring some things as you are taking steps following him. I firmly believe that God is going to confirm your choice. Doing what he wants you to do God is going, as you're walking, he is going to encourage you along the way. With Mary, he used Elizabeth to encourage her. 
Have you ever had a time when you had to make a decision and it was, for me, it's not like God says, do this and do this. It's like God goes, hmm, 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 I'm not telling you anything. And then I have to try to figure it out. And when I do, and I make the decision, there is this calmness. There is this peace about the decision I've made. I think that is God confirming the decision. And God may have Elizabeth's come into your life. And God may have certain things happen. And God may have blessings come your way. When we take God at his word and follow him as did Mary, one step at a time. The thing that is, we stop too soon, and then God doesn't have a chance to confirm what He's told us to do because we quit. We've, we've started, and then we stopped. Elizabeth continues, as soon as the sound of your greeting meets, reach my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. Is there something that God has called you to do? Have you started? Are you continuing? Or have you stopped? If you've stopped, ain't going to be no confirmation from God that you're doing what He wants because you ain't doing it. Is there something that God has been wanting you to do? Will you do it? Luke 1, verse 46. This section of Scripture here is called different things in different versions of the Bible. I think in the New International, it's called Mary's Song. It's a monologue by Mary, and she is praising God for the things that she has experienced. I'm going to go through this and make some observations as we go through this. Starts in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Why do you rejoice? We get happy over a new car, or new clothes, or a restaurant we've been to that's really good. We get happy over a relationship. How many times are we happy and rejoice over what God has done? How many times do we rejoice about the things of God or God himself for he the Lord has been mindful of the humble state of his servant do you consider yourself a humble servant of God do you consider yourself a humble servant of God do you do the things that God wants you to do even though you don't want to do them a humble servant would do those things really with that question. Are you and I humble servants of God that do what he wants us to do, wants us to do from the get-go? From now on, she says, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And you could tell from Mary that she believed God was holy. The people that we see, the people at school, the people at work, our family and friends, do they know by looking at our life that we believe God 
is a holy God. Can they tell from day in and day out how we behave that we worship a holy God? His mercy extends to those who fear, reverence, and respect Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Do we reverence and respect God as we should? Am I sometimes too proud, too proud to do what I know God really wants me to do. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Now, this may very well happen in this day and age, in our time, but I think, if not then, the ultimate fulfillment of this It's when we make it to heaven. Mary continues, verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so the people that Mary was addressing here and that were faithful were the Jews. It didn't stop just with the Jews. Because now for those of us who have come to Jesus and are part of God's family because of what Jesus has done, God is available to all of us because of what Jesus has done. Do you know God? Have you accepted his forgiveness that only Jesus offers? Have you done and put yourself in the position where God can forgive you I want us to focus just a moment on Mary and her encounter with Gabriel. As Mary quickly accepted the responsibilities that God had for her, are you accepting the responsibilities that God has for you? And if you've never become a Christian, that's a responsibility that God wants you to accept, to follow after him to take Jesus into your life. What Gabriel offered Mary was an impossible situation. Do you have an impossible situation in your life right now that you need to turn over to God and let Him lead you through it? Tough situations, impossible. God, I need your help. Will you turn that over to him? If God were to tell you the next step he wants for you in your impossible situation, would you go ahead and tell him right now, God, whatever you tell me, I will do it. Even if you don't know what the the steps are, do you trust God enough that when he communicates to you what he wants you to do, I'll tell you, God, right now, I will do exactly what you tell me. Do you trust him enough to do that? Are you willing to do simply as Mary was willing to do? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled.
That's what God wants from us. To very simply take him at his word. To trust him. And step by step go where he leads us. Will you do that? Would you bow your head please? The Christmas season is here because of the Christ child. Because of Jesus and what he has done for us. He has given us forgiveness of our sins if we take his sacrifice for ourselves. If you are in this room and you have not become a Christian, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, you've not gone ahead and been immersed into him and had your sins washed away, if you want to do that, that can be taken care of today. But you got to move. The reality is, if you want to become a Christian, when church is over and everybody else is standing up and talking, and if you stay seated where you are, there will be a decision guide that will come to you. And if you want prayer, if you want to become a Christian, if you need to speak privately, that can happen. Do you want that? If you're at home and you want to become a Christian or you want someone to pray with you or you, you need something, then the information that you see on the screen, if you get in touch with us, then we will contact you tomorrow and find out exactly what your needs are. And we can talk. What does God want you to do? Will you be like Mary was and say, God, I'm your servant. I'll do what you want. And Father, may that be us. May we, whatever you tell us, be it easy or difficult, what you've given us May we share with others. And may we be willing to share the best gift of all. And that would be your son Jesus and the forgiveness he offers. Use us to make a difference in people's lives for eternity. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.